Thank you for tuning in to the Caleb Hires podcast. This podcast exists to empower the worshipers of God to believe and express the finished work of Christ. For more great content like this, head to calebhires.com or check out The Resting Place at therestingplacetampa.com. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning into my podcast today. I wanted to just come on here and talk about the supernatural aspects of true humility. It seems to me that the uh, church is having a problem nowadays uh, with false humility, overcoming this idea that we can't be great, this idea that if we stand out or stand up, then we, we're being prideful. But I want to uh, just challenge that thought today on the podcast and talk about uh, some supernatural aspects of what true humility really looks like. And it's because, I, I, like I said, I actually believe false humility is crushing the church. All the time, people, when they receive a compliment, a Christian receives a compliment, and they say, it wasn't me, or it was all God, or, uh, you, know, all, you know, all glory to God, and things like that. But what they mean is, I don't want to be prideful and say, I did something awesome. But the problem with that is, you're in partnership with the greatest person ever. You, once you say yes to Jesus, you're actually married to the Lord. It says that in Isaiah 54, 5, or 54, yeah, 54 verse 5, that the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is the God of all the earth. He, your Maker is your husband. So it, when you say it wasn't me or I had nothing to do with it, it was all God, you're actually removing the partnership element that you have with your bridegroom king. You're actually saying, I didn't partner with God just now. God simply did something and I was just kind of around and I'm afraid that I'm gonna get the credit. And the reality is a lot of us are afraid of being great. We're afraid of standing up and being great. Now don't tune me out yet, stick with me here. True humility actually requires greatness. Jesus was great. He never denied the fact that he was the son of God. You actually, in order to be humble, you actually have to accomplish something worth being humble about. In order to be truly humble, think about it, you have to accomplish something. You can't be humble about doing nothing. You can't be humble about failing. That's humbling. That's not you being humble. So the reality of true humility is it requires greatness. Even Moses, I love this, in Numbers 12.3 says, it actually says, Numbers 12.3, Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. And do you know who wrote the book of Numbers? Moses. Moses wrote in Holy Scripture, Holy Writ, Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Now, you can either accuse Moses of lying or of being prideful, but I would ask you, is the Word of God true? Is all Scripture God-breathed and useful for teaching? I would challenge that thought with this that scripture. That's Numbers 12, 3, if you're wondering. So that's the, that's the first reality of, of true humility, the supernatural aspects of true humility. Number one, it requires greatness. You actually have to be great in order to enact humility. And that's just the truth. I don't care who you are. The second thing you need to understand is that true humility operates from the glory of God and not for it. You know, Romans 8, 30 actually says, those who he justified, he also glorified. John 17, 22, Jesus said, the glory that you've given me, I have given to them. So we need to understand, God gave us his glory. And some, some say, don't touch the glory of God. You know, oh, if you're, if you're boasting about what you did, or not boasting, boasting is wrong. If you're even taking credit for doing something great, like saying, thank you, I really, yeah, I appreciate your your encouragement, or I appreciate that you appreciate what I did. If you do any measure of that, someone might say to you, oh, don't touch the glory of God. Don't steal the glory of God. And that's the reality is God already gave it to you. You can't steal what God has given you. 
You can't steal the glory of God. God already gave it to you. That's what I just read to you. And also in Isaiah 42, it says, I am the Lord, verse 8. That is my name, my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. means you're not another. That's what that means. You are not another. You're one with the three in one. You've been co-glorified with Christ. And that means that's your starting point. It says in 2 Corinthians, we go from glory to glory. But a lot of us are trying to get from bummer to glory and not realizing we're already in the glory zone. It's just the reality of your situation, and it's okay. It's not prideful to say to declare what God has done in your life. It's a beautiful thing to partner with God from His glory. And it even says in Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 3, you'll probably recognize this, but it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the people, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and the nations shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. That's the reality of your situation in the new covenant. You are so wrapped up in Jesus that in the spirit, you are shining like the sun. And what we need to do is be brokers of heaven, allowing that true reality of our position in Christ to become our portrayal in Christ. And we need to stand up and do something great so that the world actually wants what we have. Nobody's going to want what you have if it's not great. And the reality of being a light, a city on a hill, that's, that's not for you to be seen. You know, nobody stares at a light when it gets turned on. You don't stare at the light bulb when you turn on the light. You see the room. So when a light shines, it actually shows the room. It, it reveals the, the direct vicinity of the light. No one looks at a light when they turn on a light. They look at the room. And you, being a, a light, are to shine. And the brighter something gets, the harder it is to look at. So you need to shine brighter, not less bright. True humility doesn't take the spotlight. It is the spotlight. You need to understand that the brighter you shine, the more you show the beauty of God all around people. It's not about you. It's not about you being seen. And if you are being seen, then your light is just on a dimmer pack and not bright enough. So I would say to you, if you're getting credit and you're afraid of getting credit, shine brighter. Do something so ridiculous and so amazing that people go, that could not have been you on your own. That had to be God. I know you did it, but you had to have some other influence. That had to be God working through you. And you can say to that, thank you. I love partnering with God. I love using the gifts he gave me to create something beautiful. That's number two. True humility starts in the glory. It doesn't go for it. It starts from glory, not for it. And finally here, true humility actually results in honor. First Peter 5, 6 says, humble yourselves that he may lift you up. Humble yourself that God may lift you up. And Proverbs 18, 12 says, before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Meaning if you're humble, the result will be honor. You'll be honored for being humble. It's not about being humbled. It's about you choosing humility and not pointing at yourself saying, yeah, I did it all on my own. Yeah, I'm the greatest thing ever. Oh yeah, I'm better than you. And putting people down, that's pride, that's boasting. But I'm talking about true humility that does something great, has a great element to it, uses the glory of God to express the glory of God and to show everyone around them the glorious nature of God. And that will result in you being honored. Jesus said it this way in the parable of the wedding get the wedding feast. It says in Luke 14, 8 through 11, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you might have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place. Here's the strategy. Jesus, this is Jesus Christ talking. He's saying, here's the strategy for receiving honor. 
Come on, that's the point of this parable. When you're invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And I hear that last part of that parable quoted all the time without the context saying, see, you don't want to be in a place of honor, never receive honor. No, no, it's a pathway to honor. Humility is what actually results in honor. Those who humble themselves will be exalted, meaning if you operate in true humility, you're going to be honored. So humility requires greatness, true humility. True humility operates from the glory of God, and true humility results in honor. I just wanted to share that with you today so that when you go out today, when you walk out of your door, when you, whatever you're doing, you're driving on your way to work, it doesn't matter, you would allow yourself to move in the greatness that's in you. God has given you gifts that he's not taken back. The gifts and calls of God are without repentance and he's given them to you so that you can do something great on the earth so that you can rise up and be a light and you can display the glory of God all around you so that people can see a better way. I'm talking about humbly being great at marriage. I'm talking about humbly being great at your job. I'm talking about humbly being great at your your writing, at your music, or whatever it is. You know, whatever your realm, your, your medium is, it doesn't matter if it's just taking out the trash. Do it with greatness. Do it from the glory of God. You know what I'm saying? You can use these humble realities to to honor the Lord and therefore receive honor on the earth. Why do you want why would why am I telling you that it's good to be honored? It's good to be honored because we need to influence. Honor results in influence. If you're in a place of honor, people honor you in their minds, they let you influence them. And it's high time that the church steps into the seat of influence and actually takes that seat, rather sits in the seat of influence and actually begins to bring heaven to earth and influence the earth to look more like heaven. That's the point, guys. That's the point. So today, let your humility take you somewhere. Be truly humble. Refuse false humility. And just when someone compliments you, say, thank you. I love using the gifts God gave me. I love partnering with the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace and love in Jesus' name. I hope you have a great day. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. If you enjoyed this content, you will enjoy my new book, 195 Thoughts Worth Thinking About. Head to calebhires.com and click books to order your copy today. Thanks for tuning into my podcast today.